adventure seekers, welcome. Jedi, ninja, and wizards tolerated. Hello, I'm your host, Rain Law, and here's today's quote. If you are distressed by anything external, the pain is not due to the thing itself, but to your estimate of it, and this you have the power to revoke at any moment. Marcus Aurelius. And now it's time for AJNW News. It seems that there was a blind man on a path walking along in the dark when he was spotted by a friend who stopped him and told him that he needed to have a lantern to keep people from running into him at night. The blind man explained he didn't need a lantern as it was always dark for him, but his friend insisted and the lantern was for others to be able to see the blind man. So after a bit of persuasion, he reluctantly accepted his friend's lantern as he continued on his way. He was surprised when someone bumped into him on his way home, and he exclaimed, Watch where you're going. Can't you see this lantern? The stranger replied, Your candle has gone out. Sometimes we find ourselves in similar situations. It seems the trick is keep your candle lit or avoid people who are unaware of where they're going. The story does not tell if the stranger that ran into the blind man was carrying a lantern or not, but obviously he wasn't paying attention if he was. Oftentimes our lantern is only ornamental, it seems, whether the candle is lit or not. And now it's time for AJNW weather. It is cold outside, but we are expecting a warming trend for the next few days, followed by rain and cold. And now for AJNW traffic. The roads have been slick, possibly due to the freezing rain. And moving on to AJNW sports. This weekend, I watched sports on TV with my brother. We saw football, bowling, billiards, and poker as he flipped back and forth between channels. I was surprised when they got a hole-in-one in poker, but then I realized the poker game was James Bond in Casino Royale. And now it's time for a haiku by Sensei. Frigid break a day, a silky soft flowing of hands, key breathing training. And now it's time for Q&A with Sensei. Oftentimes people ask about a Zen koan. Most Zen koans are just a thought process for you to contemplate mindfulness. One of my favorites has always been, what is the sound of one hand clapping? Along that line, the other night, I had a dream that made me think of a Zen koan. In my dream, I had awakened to the question of, what was Christ's last miracle before crucifixion? It, of course, was the healing of the ear of the slave Caiaphas, who was the Roman-appointed Hebrew priest that was in charge of the Sanhedrin court that put Christ on trial. I always wondered what type of individual would try someone who had just reattached the ear of your slave. As I understand it, Caiaphas was concerned with the fear of a Jewish people uprising, proclaiming Christ as their king. And he went ahead with the trial to sacrifice one man 
to preserve the lives of many others. For certainly the Romans would have came in and stopped any Hebrew uprising. Still, it makes me wonder. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to speak. And now it's time for an introduction of Book 7 of the Mystic Dreamwalker series, Ruger Jackson in Xanderland. Chapter 1. New Kid in Town. The Plaster and Brick Two-Story Schoolhouse on the army base didn't look all that impressive to him as he got off the school bus and made his way to the office. Still, it was new and brighter looking than his old school. Maybe it would be a good fresh start. He always tried to look for the positive, even when he didn't see or feel it. Inside, waiting for directions, Ruger heard the bell ring and he knew he was late for class on his first day at the new school. He hurried down the hall, looking for the numbers above the door that would indicate where he was to go. He had not found his locker yet, and so he was still carrying all of the books and papers he had been given after he had checked in at the office. This was a familiar routine for him, not knowing where to go or what to do next. This wasn't the first time his father had been transferred to a new military base. In fact, it was routine. His heart ached for the loss of his friends, or at least his old classmates, and especially for his first love. This move had been the worst, but no one seemed to care. This was his last year in high school. He would have already graduated last year except for the fact that he had to make up for lost time due to missing classes because of his father's classified work. Yet this was supposed to be cleared up, as he had passed all of his classes. That was why the school board had approved of letting him graduate, but it fell through as his parents never contacted the school's guidance counselor to see what the holdup was about. Then, after he moved, all that information seemed to fall into the cracks, right along with his college scholarships and his lost love. He would turn 18 on January 5th, and he had no idea what to do with his life. Ruger hadn't bothered asking for help, as every time he had requested it, he found himself being taken to task for it. Once, when he was a sophomore, he had even been made to go to the base psychologist after reporting to his mother that the captain's wife had tried to seduce him. He had been ridiculed over that proclamation, but that had been two assignments ago. It was also the last time Ruger asked his parents to intercede on his behalf. He figured out that they felt it was just part of his assignment and he had failed. They often relied on him to help with certain duties. His parents had been training him, after all, as far back as he could recall. Still, every school he had gone to seemed to have a different routine and procedure for going about things. All of the procedures were primarily the same, but with just enough variation to really throw things off for the new kid in town. Today, for example, 
had reported to his homeroom after leaving the office, not realizing that one of the bells that he had heard earlier had signaled for his classmates that it was time to head off to their first period classrooms. This school only used the homeroom to take attendance in the first ten minutes of the school day. Then all of the students shuffled off to their separate first period classes. Brueger was not used to this particular variation, so he had been sitting in the room that was assigned to his group of students as a home room, when in fact a different teacher and group of students had already moved in to utilize it as their first period classroom. As Ruger made his way down the hall, several teachers still were standing in the doorways looking down the hall to see if there were any stragglers heading for their classroom. One very young female teacher held out her hand, taking his offered papers without speaking. As Ruger began explaining his situation, she ignored him, handing his papers back. She pointed at a doorway on the interior corner across the way and coldly stated, over there. She then turned and entered her classroom, closing her door behind her. When Ruger verified the number on the paper with the classroom diagonally across the hall, he tried the doorknob only to find it locked. He knocked, and a young male face briefly appeared looking out through the small reinforced glass window in the doorway. He heard muffled voices within and then footsteps. A woman in her mid to late thirties looked out the window a few moments later and asked to see his classroom assigned papers. Ruger, juggling his books, successfully pressed his papers to the windows with one hand while using a knee and his other hand to control his books. She then informed him that he was late and would have to go to the office. He explained that he had just come from the office and that he still wasn't sure what hall he needed to take to return to it. Begrudgingly, she opened the door and let him in. Well, what is your name, she asked. Ruger. Ruger Jackson, he said, looking for a seat. Ruger made his way over to a group of seats that appeared to be open, and as he was sitting down, the teacher informed him that this was not his assigned seat. She explained that everyone in the classroom sat in alphabetical order. This way it was easier for both the students and her to remember names. As his last name was Jackson, he was assigned the first seat before all of the other students in the classroom that had names beginning with the letter J. These students now had to get up and move back one seat. This, of course, disrupted the entire classroom and everyone grumbled about having to shuffle their book bags as the J group redistributed themselves. Ruger made a mumbled apology as Bruce Johnson, Teresa Jones, and Devin Joseph made room for him in their section of the rows of seats. After everyone had settled into their new position, the teacher introduced him to the class as Ruger Jackson. Ruger felt his ears burn with embarrassment as he corrected the teacher's pronunciation of his name. Her face flushed somewhat as well, but Ruger perceived it was not as 
embarrassment as much as anger for being corrected by a student. The teacher then began to complain about how some parents, in an effort to make their nondescript children stand out, chose outlandish names for them. Before he could make a reply, Ruger heard a male voice from the back of the classroom make an observation that he was named after a gun. This proclamation cast a pallor over the faces of the classroom, and Ruger noticed that the teacher's countenance took on a deeper shade of anger. Is that so, Mr. Jackson? asked the teacher that he was to find out later was referred to as the major due to her demeanor and not any military rank. Did you say his name was Ruger Jackoff? asked the male voice. Ruger, usually quick-witted with his replies, realized that he was treading on dangerous ground, even though he didn't understand the reason. Instead of acknowledging that he indeed had been named after his father's favorite firearm manufacturer, a company that his father had made stock investments with long before he was born, he cleared his throat, taking his time before making a reply. No, that's what I told your mother, said Ruger to the unidentified commentator, amidst some hoots from the classroom. He then explained he was born on an Air Force base in Germany, and that it was his understanding his German name held the meaning of silence, as in rest or even peace. It also helped put himself in a category of being a minority of sorts. You said an Air Force base. This school is filled with Army personnel children and no Air Force brats, as we are not an Air Force base. I take it that your parents are former Air Force personnel, said the teacher. Sorry if my father's service to the United States Air Force offends you, but it might please you to know that my father re-enlisted in the Army, said Ruger. This pigeonholed him, and it seemed to appease the teacher somewhat, and her face seemed to lighten a shade or two. Even though she made a small concession, saying her comment wasn't personal, just intermilitary rivalry, to which she added a snide remark about joining the Army must have been a step up from having an Air Force career. She seemed happy with her put-down as she surveyed the classroom, studying the faces of her students to see who would take offense at her comment. She was pleased with the reaction. That was until the same male voice that had inflamed the situation in the first place took the opportunity to fan the flames again by proclaiming that Ruger's name meant rest in peace. His attempt to aggravate the teacher and entertain the classroom took the attention away from Ruger as he took his seat and placed his books under his desk. Ruger was trying to hide his own anger as it had gotten him in trouble many times before. A good portion of the kids in the classroom chuckled under their breath as a teacher turned her attention to the young man named Woody that had been making all of the wisecracks. After a scolding and a threat of issuing a demerit to him, the classroom once again took on its somber tone and the teacher began to drone on about the rule of law and civics. The rest of the regular school day went by just as smoothly 
with the exception of lunchtime. Ruger was not late for any other classes, although a few times it was nearly so. But at lunch, he did manage to arrive to the cafeteria late. He didn't realize that the school had assigned cafeteria eating time, so he found himself at the back of the line by the time he made it to the cafeteria. He had gone early to the cafeteria before another student pointed out to him that he had been assigned to the second time scheduled for the cafeteria. Rieger asked him how many slots they had for the cafeteria. As a student he used to go to had two cafeterias that didn't even include the a la carte cafeteria. He explained that anyone was allowed to eat there from either the A or B groups. The only difference was that the a la carte cafeteria only offered milk, bags of chips, pizza by the slice, or small sub-sandwiches called torpedoes, and soy burgers, with or without cheese for the people who didn't like what was on the regular school menu. Ruger's stomach was growling by the time he got in line for the second time. Still, things were going by okay, as by the end of the day, Ruger had at least found his locker and he shoved all his books inside. He realized that, due to the location of his classes and the proximity of his locker, it would not be necessary for him to carry around a book bag. He figured that, at most, he would only need to carry two books at a time. This would give him enough leeway between classes to transfer notebooks and textbooks when necessary. He also assumed he would be able to leave all of his books at school as he had done in all of his previous schools. Well, I say it's time to make a few announcements and we will come back next week for more of the introduction to Book 7 from the Mystic Dreamwalker series, Ruger Jackson in Xanderland. Once again, I want to tell everyone I appreciate them for tuning in and listening to me as I practice up getting comfortable in front of the microphone so I can, at some point, begin making my books into audio books. And please feel free to sign up on my fan page at my website or join me on my Randlaw Patreon page, where you will receive special notices and information on deals and events. My email is rand at rand Lawrence and my webpage www.rand-lawrence.com. I highly recommend martial art instruction. Everything I do has been influenced by the martial arts. I have no weapons, but a weapon can be made. Knowledge over power. Tokushi Kimpo. Keep following your dreams.